So Shazam, Captain Marvel. The other, this is the other Captain Marvel. Dark Horse Comics will come out with the other, other Captain Marvel. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this show, we usually democratize the film criticism conversation by bringing on fans and critics alike to come on talking about a movie that means something to them, whether it's something they grew up with or uh, something that really speaks to them. It could be an old, older film or a new release, et cetera, et cetera. But this week, we're doing a special report for um, the new DC film, Shazam. Uh, basically, for a couple of reasons. One... It's starting to feel like DC is starting to get their shit together, and it'll, that's a, that in and of itself is an interesting conversation. And two, we don't want people listening to this podcast to think we're Marvel or DC biased. We like superhero films all across the board, so of course, another Captain Marvel movie kind of comes out. We want to talk about it. And who better to talk about superhero cinema than the original co-host of the Crooked Table podcast, Freddie Yanis. Welcome back again. Hello. It's good to be back. It's me, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. So um, we're going to be talking Shazam this episode, but before we do that, I want to take a step back. So previously on the podcast, usually either me or me and Kai or me and you, I don't remember if we really talked DC film very much. It seems like our conversations tend to lean more towards the Marvel side of things. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't believe we have. Usually we talk about Marvel, but since DC is trying to put better content out. Right. I think, you know, maybe we'll, you'll find us talking about DC. Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> <More> finally. <often. laughs> well, I, that's the thing. Is that Marvel, and I, this is what I've always said, just to get the Marvel comparison thing out of the way before we move into this, because that's kind of inevitable whenever you talk about a Marvel or a DC movie these days um, with the warring factions of fans, and that's been going on forever. But uh, Marvel, to me, has always been more consistent you know what i mean like i would very few of their films that i would say are exceptional like i i feel like the mcu has maybe one or two films that are even close to the level of something like the dark knight um but they're consistently solid like there's consistently good you know yeah. and they and there's an ongoing arc that's carrying over over 22 films and well they've, they've perfected the superhero movie template Right, and it, it's very much a template, a formula. Yeah, especially so in the earlier stages where it was all origin stories, um, and also it was all... They already had a, a, a larger story in mind as well, right. so it's it makes it more interesting to interconnect those stories, um, and it makes it more enticing to the viewer, and it makes them want to come back to see the next chapter of that story, even if it is another superhero within their within their line of even, even if it is an Ant-Man sequel for some reason the world never even knew they wanted one Ant-Man movie let alone two and yeah. I mean let's be realistic most likely three yeah um, but you know Kevin Smith always because I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith and his podcasts and, and his movies and so much these days but um, he always calls the MCU his his stories like his his you know his mom had like her, her soap opera his her stories and that this is that's very much for people like us that enjoy these kinds of stories. That's like an ongoing soap opera. It's like, oh my god! And now Bucky's in Wakanda. What's gonna happen? You know, it's yeah. like tune in next time. You know, the Captain America will return. That kind of thing. And um, you know, I I've always been very hesitant to discount DC. A lot of film critics 
uh, see what Marvel's doing and they see how successful they're, they are critically and financially and how they've been able to create this massive canvas of for you know th- that's maybe not as creatively ambitious but uh has a sense of consistency and in, in all that stuff um because dc they, they try things <laughs> whether it works or not and lately up to this point the dceu is in very all over the place but like batman v superman i, I it's, it's very hard for me to write that off as like a garbage film like a lot of people do because it's it's has a scope to it it has it has a level of intricacy with with you know the details and like you know the way Zack Snyder shoots things and things like that so there's there are there are visions at play they just don't stick the landing you know I think yeah and a huge thing with the DC universe is with their movies they try to pack so much content within a movie because they they're so they're over ambitious they want the the movie to be like at Avenger level, right? But right out the gate, order, the second yeah, right one out they make, the gate. Like, yeah. all right, and they're all here. But like, you have to well, start the foundation first right. before you start, you know, making those level of movies. Right. And, and 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 even on an Avenger level film, they wouldn't have that much content, in right? It because it, you 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 lose the story and you lose the character development along the way. Right. You know, X-Men Last Stand is a huge, you know, that's a huge superhero like movie. three or four wrong. movies combined, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, what, that's what they were doing for the longest time. Uh, that's what they did with uh, Justice League. Yeah. Primarily. You don't, you and don't, Batman v Superman also, they, right. they did that. You don't build a house from the roof down. You got to establish like the only superhero characters that really everyone knows the origin story of are Batman, Superman, and Spider Man. I would say that's the, everyone else. You have to set up some kind of like who are they? What's their backstory? You know what I mean? Everybody knows Superman came from Krypton. His planet blew up. Batman's parents died. Spider Man got bit by a, a radioactive spider, and his uncle got shot. Like yeah. everybody knows those things. You, nobody has any idea who the hell Star Lord is. Or, you know, honestly, honestly, a lot of people don't know who The Flash is, really, other than he runs fast. Yeah. And it's better now because of the TV show and things like that. Like, the, the DC CW shows have been helping with some of the, uh, the brand awareness part of it. But for the most part, nobody knows who Cyborg is. Nobody knows who Aquaman is. And yet you bring them into BVS or Justice League and we're supposed to give a shit? Like, I mean, I give a shit because I want to see... I have a little more familiarity, but even then, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's a testament to the fact that they need to take things slow, that the movies that have worked thus far, and we should say this is the sixth, I think, sixth in the DCEU. So you have Man of Steel, really solid movie. I still really like it, even though people shit all over the ending. I think they need to chill out. I think the fact that they, you know, it, it, it is a little overblown in the third act, but they use that for BVS to kind of fuel that story. Mm-hmm. Uh Batman v what are your thoughts on Man of Steel? We'll just go through up to the, up to this point real fast. I thought Man of Steel was a solid restart of the DC brand, right? And I I didn't I don't I mean it, it the story like it, it was a little bit lengthy, but I think that well Zack I don't Snyder, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like he, I I, th- yeah. I would put that as one of my tops of the Same. DC for sure. Same well, maybe we'll, like number three or four. Fourth place in the sixth, I maybe know. three. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do that in a, after. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that in a second. So, uh, so Man of Steel, strong opener. I think a lot of people disagree, but whatever. Yeah. BVS, 
Eh, not not as strong. Has its good moments. Have you seen the alt? Have you ever seen the ultimate edition, the longer one? It's full no. three hours. No. I think that's a much better movie. But I also think the Watchmen uh, Ultimate Cut is a much better movie, even though I love the original theatrical version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it expands on a lot of things. And at BVS, it, it was one of those really frustrating experiences for me. And I've talked about this on the podcast where the, you'll see a scene that's like really beautifully. Uh, handled like the you know we've seen the Waynes die like a million times, but the way that Zack Snyder shoots it, uh, I think is exquisite. And I know people like to. Sh- Didn't they have the? What's well, like a close the, up on the gun? They had the and gun it, like, trigger pull back the pearls and break the, and, like, the you know, the slow motion with the kid falling into the yeah. all of that. I love all that shit. I I eat up the, that Zack Snyder yeah, the, goodness. Well, that, the, not all his movies are great, but he's got he's a very visual storyteller. Yeah, and and that works for comic book movies specifically, exactly, which is why um, three hundred three hundred. Yeah, you could see you could see that drawing of the gun pulling back doing the pros as like that shot, right? As at the at the you know at the top of the gun. That's a, a beautiful like uh, comic strip, right? And I don't mean to take so long on this building up to Shazam, but I mean, it, I think, you know, we're going to talk about Shazam as the, like the centerpiece, but it, it's also bears kind of tracing the DCEU steps that led to this point and how it's been like such a roller coaster uh, for people like us that follow all these things. Um, and then we had Suicide Squad, which I think is universally considered the worst of the bunch. I would say that that movie is ostensibly a mess from top, from start to finish, save for Margot Robbie's, you know, Harley Quinn and a couple of moments here and there. But quick thoughts on Suicide Squad. Um, I thought it was entertaining. Other than I thought it was an interesting take mm-hmm. to to go from the 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 villain side, kind of. But other than that, it I feels like it, a game. Uh, I've only of the seen Galaxy. it the one time. Right. I haven't even seen it. Well, more I mean, than that. I, I mean, I, I own it, but I'm a completionist, <laughs> so I own all of them. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy and failing miserably, which is why it's funny that James Gunn ended up signing on for the sequel slash reboot, whatever the hell the next, the Suicide Squad is going to be. Uh, and, uh, and you know, uh, it's the whole James Gunn thing is it's really funny the way that all worked out. But I think it works out for the best for both DC and Marvel because now we and both James get new movies. Well, yeah, and now we both get DC and Marvel f- fans both get uh, two films from James Gunn in, like, ensemble. And he has a very he has a very distinctive storytelling voice. And uh, I, think, I think he'll definitely write that like you know the dcu is very much in a course correction phase and i think james gunn's the right person to get suicide squad back on track because i agree with you there's a lot of promise in that in that concept and uh, i just don't think it was executed very well there was david ayer in the studio there were a lot of a lot of too many hands in in that film that it was it was i mean there's been reports that it was edited by like the trailer cut the company that cut the trailer so it's like basically a two-hour trailer which means it looks cool but that makes no goddamn sense Mm -hmm. Um, so then they follow that up with wonder woman suicide squad Squad? so then they follow that up with wonder woman which everybody kind of agrees is up to this point is probably the gold standard in the dceu uh, Gal Gadot was perfect. The Patty Jenkins direction was lovely, and the story was actually really, you know, powerful and and felt feminine in all the best ways, and really kind of embodied that character. Where now my, you know, my daughter knows who Wonder Woman is. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Wonder Woman? Yeah, that's probably either one or two. Possibly the whole um, because it was a female director. Maybe so many people didn't want to get their hands in the pot mm-hmm. to give her 
a little bit of a say on her own film, and that might be where it went right for that film. I think they also maybe realized when they tried that with uh, Suicide Squad, and it did not work. Like it worked out financially; it made like eight hundred million or whatever worldwide. But critically, everybody's like, "This is not good, guys." Yeah. <laughs> Objectively, this is a bad movie. Yeah. I mean, I still, I'm you know, I'm not ashamed. I'm kind of ashamed to own it, but I still enjoy it. But like as a guilty pleasure, like the way I enjoy Kung Pao. Enter the fist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like, this is terrible, but it's, uh, that kind of, it's kind of funny, whatever. There's a big difference between a, some, a movie that's but entertaining. But as a critic, I would never say it's a good movie, yeah. so it's, that's quite... Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Wonder Woman does not... There's, you know, I have my, my quibbles with it here and there, but it's easily the, you know, the, the best uh, of the bunch pre-Shazam. Let's not even count Shazam, because we haven't even talked about that yet. Um, and then I think it went Justice League, which is, again, a huge mess. And I think probably the second weakest film of the of this group, just because Zack Snyder's vision wasn't really realized, and Joss Whedon came in, and so you have this weird mishmash of tones where it, the movie doesn't really know what the hell it wants to be. And it's cool to see those people on screen and just to have those characters in live action together for the first time is exciting. Mm-hmm. But none of the stuff with Steppenwolf really registers at all. I think he looks terrible, and the whole storyline is is really convoluted. Do you agree, or you actually? How do you feel about Justice League? And again, I own it, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> there were parts that were really good. I, I like how they got the team together. Right. Um, then after that, it just wasn't as good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you had all it's, the weird, the reshoots, and the reshoot Andy with the looks super, terrible, yeah. and like half his scenes. Yeah, and I heard about that before, and it, it distracted me the whole time. Yeah. Well, um, Kai didn't even know about that. Weird. Kai didn't yeah. even. I didn't even tell her because I'd heard about it, obviously, and so she, uh, she didn't even know about that. And the first scene is like the like some kid interviewing Superman, and Kai's like, "Why does his mouth look weird?" I'll be like, uh, "We'll get there later. I'll tell you after the movie." So she picked <laughs> up on it right away. Yeah. Um, and then Aquaman, which I wanted to talk about Aquaman specifically because in every episode of the pod, every DCEU movie has been covered on this podcast to date, except for Aquaman, and then now obviously Shazam. So I wanted to go and spend a little more time on Aquaman than those other few that we just talked about. So what did you think about Aquaman directed by James Wan? Came out last year. Huge hit. I think I don't think anybody expected this movie to, that movie to be as huge as it was. It made, I don't know, either even either 900 or like close to a billion. Uh, I'll look it up right now. But what did you overall what were your thoughts on Aquaman? I don't know how much we even really talked about that. Um to be honest, I really liked Aquaman. Yeah. A lot of people Hate hated on Aquaman a little bit because of like you know there's fish and it's like a different world and people I don't know maybe people said there's too much or whatever I I really liked it I found it entertaining mm-hmm. as as a movie should be uh, but I also thought it established the character very very well I, I just thought all the details that were put into the movie were fantastic yeah. and, and and it showed the different worlds uh, it depicted the different worlds very. Uh, in an interesting way. Right. So. But by the way, to clarify, worldwide gross 1.14 billion worldwide. So there you go. Yeah. So they got a winner. So Jason Momoa is being locked into one of those like Samuel L. Jackson length contracts. Yeah, he's grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's Gal Gadot. Yeah, whatever they do here, they're definitely holding on to Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa and yeah. then everything else. We'll see. Um, no, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, I think. It feels like also like like the Wonder Woman situation where they actually got a good filmmaker and stayed the hell out of their way. 
James Wan did, like I said, did Aquaman, and he did Insidious and the first Saw movie and Furious Seven, and he he's a really you know he's got a really good track record. The mm-hmm. Conjuring movies, so you can you can tell that yeah the the movie is is ridiculous and over the top, and you have an octopus playing drums and like super crazy CG. But the movie I feel like kind of leans into the bizarreness of everything that's happening, mm-hmm. and it being so crazy and overblown is actually kind of part of its charm. Yeah. You uh, kind of embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it, it looked like it looks really cool. Like it's very colorful and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of energy to the story. It does the focus to shift all over the place where they're like every 20 minutes, there's like a new objective. Like now we're heading, now we're heading after this thing and now we need to get out of here and now we need to go over here and do that. And like, I mean, okay. It's so it's going for that sort of like swashbuckling style mm-hmm. uh, a feel, and I you know I saw that in I saw it in theaters with uh, with our dad, and and he was like, "That's the best movie ever." He like really loved Aquaman. Like, I mean, he's always liked the character Aquaman. Yeah. Um, but I you know there I have I have my issues with the the story and the characters and certain things. I feel like some of it's a little a little bit on the predictable side, and some of the like political machinations that that ocean master is involved in like i don't care about the different kingdoms like i don't you know they spend too much time with some of that so if it was me personally i would have trimmed it like it's two hours and 19 minutes according to here mm-hmm. so i would have trimmed it down to like a nice tight two hours i feel like you could have lost some of that like this person has to do this thing to get the ruler of what i'm like i don't care just show me jason momoa like punching things and stuff you know yeah um but i think as a film, like you said, as a film that establishes Arthur Curry slash Aquaman as a viable big screen like hero, I think it works really well, and I'm I'm very uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with the sequel, which they already announced, and they even have a spinoff in the works for the uh, the breach or wherever that like dark part of the ocean is. I forget. I haven't I haven't revisited the film since theaters. So oh, when what is that? When he went to go get. The Triton? I think, or? I think. Is that the big that big monster that's voiced by Julie Andrews for some reason? Yeah, so I, I'm you know, I wanna see what happens with um, Ocean Master who survived. Obviously if James Wan comes back to direct the sequel, Patrick Wilson's kind of his guy mm-hmm. in most of those movies I mentioned that he directed, Jim Patrick Wilson shows up in a lot of them. Um and I, I you know, I like that they left Black Manta open for a sequel and um I, I'm curious to see more of this world and I think my theory is that with pretty much all superhero movies, I feel like the sequel's usually better. I feel like X2 is better. Spider-Man 2 is better. Uh, the Winter Soldier is better. Um, Thor Ragnarok is much better. Yeah. Uh, and I think Aquaman, now that they got the, the heavy lifting out of the way, I, I, you know, I think that they can just move forward without having to feel like they need to explain everything. And you, if you, I don't know if you've seen the Honest trailer for this movie that they released it a couple weeks ago. No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good because it comments on a lot of the stuff that I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, they even say in there that it almost feels like James Wan, like this was a, kind of a gamble in a way because nobody, like I had no idea whether Aquaman, I didn't know, think it was going to make over a billion dollars. Like it, Wonder Woman felt like more of a sure bet because she's recognizable and you know the politically and socially everyone's kind of ready for like a really good female superhero mm-hmm. and things like that uh but this is like a dude who talks to fish and you know this unproven leading man um they, they say that it felt like james wan didn't know if they were going to make any more of these so he's like we're going to put all the aquaman stuff in this mera black manta ocean master this other all the creatures we can think of Every crazy like and the movie so the movie in a way feels like six movies, 
uh, which in a way is part of what makes it fun, but also makes it feel exhausting at the same yeah, cause time. Because it's it's like an it's like an adventure, right? It's like going to see a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, you know, you or what you would expect to, when you go to see a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like they go to do something, they have like this whole excursion. Maybe there's a fight, and then they go on to continue the story somewhere else. Right. Just as you said, this swashbuckler. Well, I feel like some of the some of this Pirates of the Caribbean sequels are like, oh, too much. And I think Aquaman kind of flirts with that line a little yeah. bit. But ultimately, I, I think it works. And, uh, you know, I like that they, they took this character who's very... Who's very like white and kind of like waspy, like, come on, guys, let's go wear the, the, the outfit. And they made him like this super badass who's not only like um, not only rocks that suit at the, towards the end of the movie. Spoilers, I guess if you haven't seen Aquaman. Uh, it's on the <laughs> Blu-ray box anyway. Um, but they turned him, they, they actually made him more, uh, you know, more uh, diverse. Like he's more like he's. Polynesian now, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So now you, you don't have just another white dude. Like he, he, he's tied to a culture that makes the character more interesting. It makes the the cast more diverse, more represent uh, representative of different people. Mm-hmm. And I need you know, makes gives and it fits the character. Like it gives us it gives Aquaman kind of uh, a hook. Why <laughs> it's pun intended to how to to fit this fish man in you know, culturally and uh, within the greater scope of the DCEU. So those are my, you know, just overall thoughts on Aquaman. So I liked it. I, I don't own it yet because I guess I'm kind of waiting for the price to go down a little just because, uh, you know, shop sales and all that. But yeah. uh, I, I do enjoy it and I'm looking forward to revisiting it and seeing Momoa and Gal Gadot locked into that long-term DC contract mm-hmm. uh, that they, I guess, couldn't get Ben Affleck into. So that leads us into... The one we're going to talk about today. Do you have any other thoughts on Aquaman before we move on? Um, other than Jason Momoa seems like he was made for that role. Well, it's almost like they made the role for, for him. him now. Yeah. It's like they tailored the role to be like, it's going to be you. Yeah. You're like, yeah, Aquaman didn't have these tattoos, but guess what? Now you have these tattoos, so now Aquaman's got these tattoos. Yeah, exactly. I think they even did a comic book recently where it was like Aquaman, they made Aquaman look like Jason Momoa as opposed to the other way around. So I think that's cool. So, okay, Aquaman's closed. So that's yeah. my, I just wanted to get on the record my thoughts on Aquaman uh, before we move into Shazam. So if you're listening to this on Odyssey, uh, Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-Y 1.com, you will only hear the spoiler-free segment if you're listening to this on CrookedTable.com from iTunes, Spotify, you know, the RSS feed for the podcast. Uh, stay tuned after our spoiler-free conversation. I will include the spoiler section there. So uh, check out CrookedTable.com for that if you are not already listening to it. So this episode, we're going to talk about Shazam from director David F. Sandberg. So let's listen to a little of the trailer right now. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam? What is happening? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Kate Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer of Shazam, directed by David F. Sandberg. And I believe this guy is, is this, I believe Sandberg also did 
a horror movie that uh, Kai and I saw a couple years ago called Lights Out, which I... Have you seen any of his previous movies? Have you even heard of that? Mm, I think I've heard of that. And he also did Annabelle Creation, that kind of thing. So he's got a horror background. And I think... We'll get into this. I think that really shows in this movie. So other than that he's a child that turns into a superhero with this call word, Shazam, I didn't know much about him. Okay. Yeah, and mainly I, I, my, intro, my introduction to the character was uh, the game in, Injustice. Um, they had Shazam in the game. Nice. So that's, that was my introduction to nice. the character. Other than that, I'd never heard of it. Also, I, I'd seen um, cartoon movie. I think, I think you and I well. saw the same one. Yeah. Are you talking about Justice League War? Yes. Yeah, where he's actually like a key... It's, it's, I think it's basically the rebooted version of the Justice League. And I think he, he's a key member of the Justice League from the beginning in that, in yeah, that movie, exactly. right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's my main one from him, too. It's like I've seen him in things here and there, but that's like primarily from, from that film. So, yeah, the, I mean, but it's, I think the, the, the marketing for this movie did a really good job at making it feel like making it, this film feel accessible because it, it's a superhero movie obviously but it's also kind of self-aware of superhero movies mm-hmm. you know there's the characters in the movie reference batman and superman we don't know what they look like because they don't know who's going to play them in the subsequent movies but uh but they reference batman and superman and wonder woman and, and aquaman and things like that so they're they're yeah, just very like, much set in the dceu yeah. but um it felt a little bit like Kick-Ass to me in that way, and that shares an actor from with Kick-Ass, which we'll get into. They, they, the trailers did a good job at selling this as basically Big meets Superman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks movie Big for younger listeners from 1988, which is definitely worth checking out. And I think that that in and of itself kind of makes this movie feel different. Like even when it, even when it feels like it's following kind of the the super as you said earlier the superhero template, um, it does. It does feel fresh in a way, you know what I mean. It brings, it has a different, a different vibe to it that uh, almost pokes fun. Yeah, yeah, like, and it, I, I mean, this is very clearly. Would you agree that this is very, pretty obviously the DC EU's like first real comedy? You know, none of the other films really. Yeah, like, shot for most that. of the other ones are more on uh, the gritty, dark side, and right. um, I think this one takes. What what Marvel would would it would do with a movie like they 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 make it lighthearted but they also have its dark moments. Right. That's what a movie uh, should be. It shouldn't be. Well, that's how comic books a lot dark. of times are. Yeah. Not all the time, but still. Well, but even with it depends on the character yeah. too. Shazam Shazam is not. I mean, from my two depictions of him in a cartoon movie and and the video game, he doesn't seem like the character, and he's also a child. Right. Exactly. So you, he doesn't seem like the character is going to be really uh, like dark and 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 it's going to be brooding. Because it's a child. The child's right. not going to be... He's just brutal. like, oh my god, I can fly! It's not Batman. Batman is a whole different story. If you want to go that route, then that makes sense. Because right. he's lost his parents. He has that backstory for it. But uh, to to have, you know, pretty much a child going through the ropes of trying to be a superhero, that's uh, it's an interesting angle. Well, and it lends itself to that kind of levity. Because, like you said, it, it's a kid. So it, it just kind of like kick-ass... It, it exists in a world where they know where people know about superheroes like and there isn't any in kick ass but it's similar like they're familiar with superhero the, the tropes of superhero stories and things like that mm-hmm. and in this one it's also like a, ch- a, a child and he's he's a little younger than uh, than kick ass is supposed to be but 
he he's kind of in over his head and discovers that he you know he can make a difference and all that other stuff and that Aquaman kind of towed that line kind of trying to strike the the same Marvel balance I guess where it's it's action and it's fantasy and it's sci-fi and it's romance and it's also comedy and it's like a mix of all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like Shazam, because it is from this perspective of this kid who gets these powers, it kind of is inherently more comedic. Like our audience tonight was cracking up like frequently. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more laughs in this than there are in the other DC movies put together, I would say. Yes. Uh, so it, it's, it does feel like Warner Brothers and DC are feeling more confident and comfortable enough to switch it up a little bit where Aquaman is sort of a games of Thrones underwater kind of deal. Yes. And this is very much just kind of like a family comedy in in a lot of ways. Having, having it fun and light, it, it, it drags, it keeps the attention of the viewer. Yeah. You know, if you have it all, if, if it's, if it's like what they previously were doing, you can lose the viewer just because it starts feeling kind of like a drama type of movie, which is fine, like it works. But, it, but it, you it, you want to for a superhero movie though, you want to try and get prime like demographic that they're looking for, just family. You know, if you don't get the families, then you right, then that's a huge yeah, part of their, yeah, exactly. But but to a certain you know, there's also there's a lot of merit in telling superhero stories that are dark that are inherently darker and um that don't feel like they need to cater to kids but if you're going for a sort of a big crowd-pleasing blockbuster that that tends to alienate people if you have something like Watchmen or something with the tone of the Daredevil Netflix show you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the the key to it is that it feels like an extension of the character that it's about so obviously a Batman movie will be like darker and more depressing and kind of bleak because that's sort of his outlook on life. Um, he fights criminals and he, has, he pretends to be Bruce Wayne and then, but really inside he's just like, I can't wait to get back to my back case so I can find out what the hell the Joker is. Whereas Shazam being a, a kid is going to have a much more optimistic kind of idealistic view of things and be like, Oh, you're a bad guy. Oh, you know, and be kind of silly about it all. Uh, and I think what they've done in the past that has suffered and that a lot of people have criticized, even though I like Man of Steel, a lot of people feel like that movie kind of betrays the essence of Superman and that they try to make Superman broody and like dark and like well, all that. But I mean, my argument for that has always been he, they're getting him to that point. It's sort of an evolution of the character throughout. And I think the goal was for him to become the Superman we know in Justice League. It didn't really happen the way it should have. But ultimately, that's where it ended. So for Shazam, you know, having the film as a comedy, I think, is, is a wise move. And Zachary Levi, what did you think of his performance as Shazam? And then obviously we'll get into like the uh, some of the kids and stuff in a minute. Um, I thought uh, his performance was was perfect because it had that wide eyed um, uh, child ish view that that displayed very well on on screen like <sighs> and i haven't i mean i never really saw i haven't really seen him in that much he he was in uh he did the voice in tangled as uh flynn rider and then he was oh, he did? fandral in the, the two Dar, uh the two thor sequels dark world and ragnarok mm-hmm. ragnarok for like you know two seconds but still fandral the one with the blonde beard in the dark world so he didn't really but even then he didn't really have much to do in those in those movies obviously 
Um, so this is probably my first real proper introduction to him in a live action live action context. I know he's on the show Chuck and things like that, but um, yeah, I agree. I think I, I think he he brings that sort of high spirited energy to it. Um, but it's also you know Billy Batson really does have his his own arc throughout the course of the movie, and I thought that that, that side of the storyline, without getting into specifics, was was really was really heartfelt and I think um you know the way that that resolves itself with um, him being a foster kid and, and finding himself in this new foster home and searching for his uh, his birth mother and, and trying not fitting in kind of anywhere and basically trying to find his place and acquiring superpowers along, <laughs> along the, way. the way yeah yeah you can see this the superpowers are kind of the catalyst for him finding his place literally by the end which we'll get to the way the way that the third act goes and kind of the twists involved, it's literally him finding who he belongs with with his other foster kids and all that stuff. Um, so I thought all that was great, and I think the uh, the actor they cast to play Billy Batson opposite Zachary Levi it was it was like there's really good casting in this movie because they look similar, like their faces look they they have a similar look in their eyes and bone structure. Like it's easy to see that that kid Asher Angel to see him growing up to become Jack Zachary Levi. Like it mm-hmm. worked out a lot and stuff, obviously. Um, so I, I thought both of them were, were really, were really great in this. I also wanted to point out um, Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Freddie, not the one sitting in front of me, but <laughs> Freddie in the movie, uh, who's been all over the, the marketing. He's, he's um, you know, the, the crippled uh, foster kid who's, I guess, foster brother to Billy Batson, and he teaches him the ropes and how to be a superhero and all that. I thought he gave a really strong supporting uh, performance in this. And now I'm just realizing, because I'm looking at his IMDb, he was actually in It, the lab from a couple years ago. He was Eddie. And I totally didn't I'd even remember that that was the same kid. I'm like, this kid looks familiar. And Jack Dylan Grazer, why is that name ringing a bell? So he was in It, and I thought he was fantastic in that movie as well. So... More so than in most superhero movies, including Marvel, where, you know, you spend the first tw- first act, the first 20 to 30 minutes introducing all the characters. I kind of almost didn't want the superhero stuff to happen because, like, I was really into the the foster parents that take Billy in and, like, all the kids there and stuff. Like, what did you think about the way they established all of that? So, yeah, I, I like the I like the, the, the dynamic that they had. I like the characters. And I liked... Uh, their whole sense of family while he's rejecting the fact of or rejecting uh, having a family all at the same time. But all, all those, all the actors that, uh, that were in the film, like the, the kids, I thought were really, really great. Uh, I was really impressed with all of them. I'm trying to find the name of the actress who I really liked, but I think you know who I'm talking about. If I can find the, uh, so the little girl in the movie. Yes. Darla. I, I feel like, that was the character's name. I feel like she stole every single scene she was in. Like, I don't know if this is her first movie or what, because IMDb is being really slow right now for me. But she just had such a brightness to her, like the character and the actress. And I, I think that she contributed a lot of the a lot of the films, some of the funniest moments and some of the sweetest moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't just like the ensemble that they put together around Zachary Levi in this film. Faith Herman is her name playing Darla, uh, I, I thought was really was really strong. It's it's hard to do that. It's hard to find an ensemble of characters that can support the hero in that way. And I think since this is a family film, it makes sense that they create that unit around him. It's just like the first act of this movie, meeting all these people and seeing the situation and like what a like 
supportive household. Like, you know, the, the one kid who's playing video games and I already mentioned Darla and the other kid who's like, oh, disaffected by it all and all that. Like, I, I was like, you know, what? I, I kind of want these people to adopt me. I know I got parents and I'm grown up, but I kind of want to hang out with these people. Like, this is this is kind of fun, you know? Yeah. So before anything superhero related happened, I was in. Yeah, they have a warm, loving household and uh, the people, I don't know the names because I don't have IMDb. There was yet. a lot of names. But <laughs> but, but uh, the guy that plays Jerry on The Walking Dead and... And um, that Jerry other woman, Walking Dead. I don't know. Oh, is he the the the, the foster dad? Yeah, he's the foster dad. Oh, I don't watch The Walking Dead, so yeah. I don't know who the heck that is. Yeah, he's he's on The Walking Dead. He's um, well, I don't want to ruin the show for you because if you ever watch, I the probably show. won't at this point. It's like oh, okay. ten seasons in. Did he oh. die on the show? No, Should no, all die no. I hope. Point? Yeah, yeah. Well, we but, all die but he's yeah. Blake. <laughs> But uh, no, he hasn't died yet. I don't know. Hopefully, he doesn't. Cooper I like him Andrews a lot. is yeah, the actor. Cooper Andrews. Yes. Yeah, he plays Victor. Yeah. Um, and what? Who? Who? who is she, where is she, uh, the mom from? I feel I like I've know. seen her before. I'm trying to. I don't remember her name either. In the well, movie. the thing that I loved about the parents while you're looking that up is um, how how they understood where he was coming from because they were both foster kids themselves. Yeah, there were a lot of really sweet moments with that. And uh, and they were accepting of his um, of his current emotions because they knew that, you know, that he that he would have some resistance to being in, in a foster home. And they were patient with them. Yeah. They were patient with him as he as he went through that process. That actress's name is Marta Milans, and she's a Spanish Spanish actress, and she's done, looks like it's mostly a lot of TV. Oh. She was on a show, No Tomorrow. She did a few episodes there. She episodes on a show called The Pier, or at least she slated to in 2019. Uh, so, you know, killer women. A lot of, not a lot, nothing that I'm really familiar with. She, yeah. She looks like she might come from uh, Spanish television. She's on a show called, uh, she was on a show called Valientes and things like that. So like I don't know if that's telenovela, novella, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Things like that. But she was really good in this. And I, I, I yeah, all the supporting casts, you, you know, you just, you, you watch something like, Wonder Woman, and you're like, and you know, you love Wonder Woman, you love Steve Trevor, but then like, eh, a bunch of other the other, dudes. the other, dudes the other are, guy, the Native American dude, the, the Irish drunk guy, and this other. Dudes, you don't really you fall know, in love like, with eh. any of them because there, there's no like prime moment right. that you that you really like the character. Right, and then you can say that about the MCU too. Like, unless they're a hero, like part of the Avengers, you're like, eh, I don't care about you know. I guess Peggy Carter is an exception. I'm trying to think of like a lot of the other well, people yeah. in those movies. Yeah. I mean, um, Peter, what's his name, Ned? Oh, I like Ned. Yeah. So, okay. so but yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's, a good, that's a good comparison, actually, because I get that similar kind of Spider-Man homecoming, like, realistic, but in a superhero environment yeah. kind of vibe from this movie. Yeah, like, Ned is, like, um, the, the same as, as the supporting character in this one, Eddie, or Freddie. Freddie. Yeah, I should yeah, know it's right now. I was going to say, how did you forget that? <laughs> um, so... So yeah, before the it's the, kind of like a a, a sideline person wanting to be a superhero, but they're like trying to help that person become a superhero. Right, right, exactly. So, the man in the chair. Yeah, Freddy the could man, be his man in the chair. Sort yeah, of. You no, know, actually, Anna, I'm glad you brought up Spider-Man: Homecoming because I'm actually in the process of rewatching it for mm-hmm. uh, Endgame. Not that it's really that relevant, but just because why, why not? Um, but I think that is probably the Marvel movie that this feels closest to in a lot of ways, as far as tone and. Uh, you know, it's a superhero going through the world. Yeah, yeah. This is a supporting character trying that 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 wants to be a superhero badly because who doesn't want to be a superhero? Uh, 
stand by them and help them, you know, figure things out. Right. That, that, that crutch for them. There's a real personal story. It's in the corner. Like you can even say about in Spider-Man Homecoming, how he's basically viewing Tony Stark as kind of a surrogate father figure. And then this movie's about him kind of like trying to deal with his absence of his mother. Like there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of things. It's a good call. I'm glad you brought that up. And then, uh, Freddie, his, his, his knowledge about superhero shows and he constantly helps him out or when, when he when they're he's like i guess training to be a superhero the montage thing yeah, the yeah, with montage the thing and everything yeah yeah which is in the movie but for like two seconds so yeah. it's not like an issue it's not an obnoxious like, i think that made people worry they're like oh man this is gonna suck yeah this is gonna be like, like not really that's just to get just some so of the like, kids yeah, yeah exactly there, yeah um it's just a funny gif you can send people <laughs> yeah pretty Basically. much but uh, it's like, oh, this is this is how this, you know, do you have laser vision? Do you have telepathy? So right. you're able to do different tests. So I thought that was really cool. And later on in the film, that also um, helps out a lot, too, because he has a certain viewpoint, an outward view that uh, Billy Batson wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of like just going through the motions, but he doesn't have that background. Right. And Freddie also is the is the vehicle by which. They reference all the other superheroes. So like, oh, Batman, I saw Superman do this, or whatever. Yeah, because he admires them so much. He has collector's items of each. Right. Um, So so just running through some other people in the cast, um, we should probably also mention Jaiman Hansu is in this movie. Also in the other, the the Marvel, Captain Marvel movie. Double dipping, yes. uh, Playing uh, Korath in there again uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he's really, he's one of those guys that, has never played a superhero really, but like always pops up in these movies, just like in random supporting roles. You're like, hey, Jamal Hansu, what the hell? You got like two scenes in here as a wizard, yeah, as the the titular character. Really, he's really the the real Shazam, honestly, in this movie. And that's not a spoiler of anybody that knows about the character or well, he's, seen in, the he's in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, say my name. He's like, I don't know your name. He's like, I thought Shazam. I, like, I wasn't sure at first if it was because I was like, this sounds yeah. like kind of. Like him, I know. Well, but, he's got that like crazy Gandalf style beard, going yeah, on. yeah, and you know, makeup and everything. So, right. I wasn't sure if it was him, but then at the end, I was like, oh, okay, it was, I yeah, it yeah. was, yeah, but, he's great and everything. Every time he shows up, I'm like, hey, John Hansen, he has cool. a very distinct voice, he does. too. He's got such a great look, too. You put him as a wizard and it works, you put him as like the mercenary, I could see him as his own guardian. I would love to see him as something because it's too bad that he's been in the MCU because he would have been like a cool, he would have been a cool blade. He's probably older than they want because i think he's at least like late 40s probably yeah but um but yeah they definitely need to bring blade into the the mcu at some point and it'd be it's unfortunate that he's in all these movies already i would love them to revamp blade if you get the (laughs) fine uh and also you know i kind of teased the kick-ass connection we had uh mark strong here as thaddeus savannah who's like the big bad and Ironically, the movie's called Shazam, but it really kind of opens with his character in a flashback, and that's not a spoiler, but I thought that was a, an interesting way to, to open up the movie, and in a lot of these superhero films, one of the most common criticisms is the villain sucks, but I, I thought I think that Shazam stands... Honestly, I think the villain in Shazam is actually kind of more fun than the villain in Captain Marvel, because you open up with this movie from his point of view. Like, it's almost become... It almost starts just start, kind of starts as his story. So you understand why he does what he does later on when they flash forward, when, you know, they 
cut to present day and you see him kind of wreaking havoc and we won't get into like the powers that he has or all that until later I guess because I don't think any of that really has been revealed in spoiler in the the marketing has it I haven't seen that very little um yeah I think just the electricity you just kind of see him yeah Fighting. Earphones charge. Earphones. No, no. Charged. I mean Savannah, the bad guy. Oh, he's I think bad guy. Barely, I think you're talking he, about Shazam. No, no, no. Because it opens with the villain. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it. Uh, he he's actually in the marketing very little. He's in the trailer for like two seconds when Shazam's like, "You're like a bad guy." That whole thing. But I don't think you see anything about what's going on with that character. And I know I'm gonna want to look into how true that is to the comic book counterpart because I don't I'm not you know I'm not familiar with Shazam's villains except for Black Adam who I've heard about and spoilers I guess you don't get any tease for Black Adam in this movie not even in the mid or post credit scenes I think a lot of people were probably thinking that was maybe maybe going to happen uh, because Wayne Johnson's been connected to it for so long So when are they I, I think they still I think they're still developing a Black Adam movie so he's gonna have his own movie. I mean, you have Dwayne Johnson. Wouldn't you want to make him your own movie with this, him as a super villain slash anti-hero, whatever? Oh, so they're gonna do like a so it's an anti-hero. I think they're gonna probably do where like he's bad, but he's also good. But we also he's bad. Or he's but like lovable we, bad. Yeah, I mean, they just made a Venom movie, so yeah, like not Warner Brothers, but still that made a shit ton of movie money, and it's not even really that good. Yeah, to be honest, it's kind of in that Suicide Squad category, Venom. Where I'm like, this is fine, like, but it like, kind of sucks. Do you like but Venom like more than Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah, maybe because I actually like this. I'm more invested. You like Tom in this, Hardy more. Than well, I'm also more invested in the Spider-Man oeuvre than I am the Suicide Squad oeuvre. Yeah. I'm like, eh, Killer Croc's fine, whatever. You know, Captain Boomerang. I've never even really seen you before. Uh, but um, again, we just watched Spider Verse last night. On the on the on the, uh, the screen here at home. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of that that world so yeah that's one of my favorite I could superhero them, movies i could see them totally. oh in the spider-verse yeah. yeah oh god it's so awesome uh better than shazam sorry shazam <laughs> shazam's good but let's not go crazy yeah um uh so so yeah i could see them doing a venom-esque like black adam movie where i'm bad but i'm fighting worse people you know what i mean yeah uh and then maybe have a crossover in shazam sequel or something it's unclear where dc is going with this so uh, so Mark Strong playing Savannah, I thought his character was, you know, he kind of falls into that, like, I just want power kind of thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at least you understand why. And Mark Strong is another one of those guys that keeps showing up in comic book movies. Like I said, he played the be- the villain in the first Kick-Ass movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, it's, it's kind of a bummer for me to see him in here in a way, because I, I think he's good in this performance. But if they were going to go with, like, a classical Lex Luthor, I thought he would have been the best choice. Like, I was hoping, like, oh, get Mark Strong to play Lex Luthor. It'd be so great. Because he played Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie that, that everyone likes to pretend never happened. <laughs> um, and, and I thought he was great in that. Like, he was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to... He plays the villain well. Well, he wasn't even really the villain in Green Lantern. That's yeah. the thing. They were setting it up for him to play the villain in the sequel, and he never got to. So maybe Warner Brothers was like, hey, we need a villain for this one. We're not bringing your Sinestro back, so yeah. you want to take this role? Um, so I thought he was great, and I like I like the uh, the powers and every the abilities that he has. They develop that nicely, and it leads to some really strong uh, horror vibes. Like I think that's where David Sandberg's like horror background really came out like strong because some of those sequences are like legitimately kind of terrifying. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm glad I'm not bringing my kid to see this one because she would be like, oh, I want out of here. I don't like this. Uh, that kind of thing. Sandwich we'll mention in spoilers. Um, so overall, the story, I think it, it hits a lot of the similar kind of origin story beats. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of really great moments 
comedically and character wise. I think did you, did you did you feel like the story was overstuffed, or do you think that they they had had the right balance between the Shazam like fantastical stuff and the more grounded character moments? Um, yeah, I think they they did have a, a, a well defined balance between the two um, because a lot of the character moments came out during those those Shazam moments, right? Because a lot of the bonding between Billy and Freddie was when they were training as Shazam or so so not only did did uh, Billy and Freddie bond over those moments but it also um, there were also conflicts that 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 went into character development with with Shazam as well without going you know too much into spoilers right so. So, I mean, there's not a lot, there's surprisingly not a lot that I feel like we can really say without getting into spoilers. Yeah. Just because. Like tiptoeing Because, here. I, I mean, I, I, the marketing to doesn't. The windows. I know. To I know. the garden. <laughs> that's, a, that's a James Wan reference. Yeah. You talk about that, uh, that song from Insidious. Um, the, uh, you know, it was because the marketing did a really good job establishing this is who this guy is. What if you were a kid and you got the powers of Superman? Wouldn't yeah. that be crazy? But they don't tell you anything about his like personal story other than the foster kid moving into a new home. Uh, they That's don't a tell big you anything about point. the villain. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like this is your big high concept superhero movie. Go see it. You don't need to know anything else. Enjoy. Have fun. I mean, I think I think this this primarily with with. Uh, child audiences and also I, th- I think the toys are going to sell like crazy from this movie because it, it goes from their viewpoint of being a kid and and wanting to be a superhero and actually becoming a superhero right. it's a wish fulfillment thing. yeah like, exactly. i could be a superhero but choose me i'm worthy yeah exactly yeah so and, and i think it also comes from the viewpoint of of uh of the child in our and in, in, inside of us wanting to become a, a superhero right. as well, and what we would do with those powers, and how great you know, like how he acted, like like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Trying to show it off, you know, taking advantage of of uh, of uh, you know these new these new super superpowers and trying to hit on ladies or whatever trying to buy beer trying to get beer if you're that age right you know and and then following through with how that little bit more like it starts out like it has moments where it's it's acting like a movie and then it pulls back and like but but no this is how that would really be you know what i mean like yeah it it builds itself up and then deflates itself for comedic effect comedic effect and i think does that several times to great effect yeah Uh, i said effect too many times but you know what i mean yeah I think deep down we all want to be feel like a child again, and I think that in marketing takes advantage of this all the time. They they'll they'll put like oh be young again or be a child or you know car ads and stuff like that. And I think that this role really um, grasps at that idea as well, like to be a child, to be youthful. To that's I think that's the appeal that a lot of movies and and tv shows they they spark that in us right and we look at like like sex education and stuff like that like we look at it it's it's a show on netflix okay i was like the the class i don't watch as much netflix as you but but it's like it's it has like um 
It's or, or Big Mouth or something like that yeah. on Netflix as well. I've seen a, an episode or two of that. Oh, like, you eh. should watch the whole thing. It's yeah, you didn't like I don't know, it. I don't know if it's for me. Why? This is a tangent. <laughs> I don't know. I watched the episode. I'm like, this is kind of gross and like well, I don't know. It is gross care. and I don't it, even watch it Family Guy. It's really anymore. weird, but I, but I the the point I'm making is that even you know a lot of older people and stuff they look back on on like things that have like kids or emotions or or like a girl who likes loves a boy and they're in high school or or a new kid that acquires powers it's also really enticing to um older people as well because they have that they have that feeling of nostalgia, being youthful and nostalgia and, and looking back and being like oh I, I i remember you know being young and wanting to be a superhero so badly and this would be incredible if i you know had I mean, this i'm 35 blah, blah, blah. and i'm already like oh man i'm yeah. being young yeah exactly I'm not that, it has I'm not like a youthful old, exuberance yeah, to it anymore. and a wishfulness right that, it's i think it's that plus the chosen one thing yeah which is you know harry potter's he's a kid who's chosen but it's also like luke skywalker and neo everybody's like you want to be told hey you literally like the lego movie you're the special you're the most important person that's ever lived. Like that, anybody wants to feel that, that sense of fulfillment. And, and this kind of couples together the nostalgia for being young and also being told you've been chosen for this. And, and the beautiful thing about that I like about this too is, you know, the person that gets the story is the chosen one. Right. Right? Because why, who's going to do a story mm, about the person that's not chosen, right? But in this one, you hint, have a hint. story. <laughs> I know where you're going. Well, it's not really, it's yeah. not really, it's a good, they don't really. You kind of have a, a, a story there's a, there's that a, there's a, there's it kind of has two outlines. I'm trying to figure out how much we should say about yeah. that. Because of, well, there's two, there's two timelines and, and, it, and it displays both of them. Right. And it shows from both points. It represent it represents the people that are chosen and the people that are not chosen. Exactly. Say it that way. Yeah. So, uh, so final. No, no, no. I think that's fine. Okay. I so I think um, final thoughts, final spoiler-free thoughts on Shazam, and then we'll transition into spoiler section. If you're listening to this on Odyssey, the spoiler section will be available on CrookedTable.com uh, the Monday after this is dropped. So what Monday, April eighth. Uh, after the the film has been out uh, for opening weekend, uh, if you're listening to SukunkaTable.com, stick around for the spoiler section. So, uh, cl- kind of closing spoiler free thoughts on Shazam. Um, it's definitely in my top three of DC of the DCEU, the ones we talked yeah, about. Yeah, my top three are Wonder yeah, Woman, let's rank it. There Aquaman, you go. Shazam. I don't know those order. I don't know the order of, of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Shazam. They're all like swimming around in the they're same They're swimming pool. around. It depends on how I... If, well, I, if, Aquaman, I'm looking if they're swimming around, Aquaman's going to win. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if I'm looking at them from a, like from a film perspective, Wonder Woman would probably be at the top, right. and then it would be Shazam, and then it would be Aquaman. It's the thing that I always differentiate, where it's what is the best versus what is my favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. because you, you have to... But if you're looking at it from an entertainment value, right. Aquaman might be like one or two. Yeah, yeah. Aquaman might be one. You know? How many times have you did you see it just the once? I just theater? saw it the once. So maybe after watching it another, yeah, you know, two I have, or three like I said, time, I haven't seen it again either yet. Yeah, maybe after watching it another time or another two times, uh, my opinion might change a bit. But um, 
but I, I I remember from watching it the first time that I was really entertained, and although it did go a little bit all over the place, I was a, a, you know along for the journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that one, in terms of entertainment value, I'd put it as number one, and then uh, Shazam, and then Wonder Woman. The the connection between her and it's more it it it's a little bit slower I right. feel yeah in terms of Aquaman and Shazam well, remember what I said about superhero sequels I fully expect Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four which comes out I think it's not I think it's next year I think they pushed it to next year uh, I fully I fully expect that to probably be better than Wonder Woman in in a lot of ways now that they've gotten like the mascara blah 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 the the, the lasso you know that's all that whole thing like okay mm-hmm. cool now show me doing her like not show me doing her show me show her doing something <laughs> awesome yeah you know um, I think I still think Wonder Woman's probably the best movie but I think Shazam is my favorite Shazam is your uh, favorite I think yeah. Shazam might be my favorite like it's the one that I probably will want to rewatch the most yeah uh, and then under those two I still have Man of Steel. So it's like Man of Steel there, like yeah. Best Wonder Woman favorite Shazam, and then Man of Steel, like kind of runner up for both categories, I guess. Uh, and then uh, Aquaman, BVS, Justice League, <laughs> so all the very bottom, all the way to the bottom. <laughs> but even that is entertaining in a shitty way, whatever yeah. that means. So definitely, if you're listening to this on Odyssey, check out Shazam in theaters uh, on Friday, April fifth. Uh, highly recommended by both of us, and uh, you know, I would I would say bring your kids, but don't bring the super small kids because there are some scenes that I I as a thirty five year old man I'm like wow that's kind of scary for like a movie that's designed for families like I'm thinking specifically of the whole boardroom sequence which we'll talk about in a minute yeah. in the spoiler section, uh, but yeah so definitely check out uh, check out Suzanne. So that'll end up the spoiler-free section of the podcast. Freddie, thanks for coming back to the Crooked Table Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Always a pleasure. Nice. <laughs> and then you say Shazam and then disappear. Shazam. <laughs> All right. Now we'll take us into the spoiler section of the Shazam review. If you have not seen Shazam, go see Shazam. Say Shazam and fly yourself to the theater to buy your ticket for Shazam. Um, so this is last morning spoiler section free for all. Go. What do you want to talk about? Um, first? To, to be honest, when I came to see the movie, I thought it was a Harry Potter movie. I didn't know we were seeing a superhero movie. Nice. I, because of I saw the, Yeah, I saw the lightning ball. I thought it was Harry. I was like, oh, hey, Harry. I kind of look like him. I can go for I've always been compared that people say I look like Harry Potter. I, yeah. Growing yeah, that's up. True. Maybe not so much That's now. why you have the beard. You're like, fuck yeah, that. Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for me to look older <laughs> so, and also to not look like him. <laughs> so we were tiptoeing around the fact that the, the opening sequence is a flashback to 1974. With uh, Dr. Savannah, which his name is like sounds like Savannah, like, uh, you know, like what? Georgia or like where oh, the Savannah, Georgia, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so his, I, I don't know much about that character, so I need to read up about it. But um, where he is given the chance to have the power of Shazam, like he is essentially chosen and then proves himself not to be worthy. So I think that is a, a an interesting setup between, like you said, people that are that are chosen that are the special that are you know given the chance to do the right thing and the people that lose that chance and rather than try to strive because there's a little bit of misdirection too where you think that he's hunting down to find out where the wizard is so that he could get the power of Shazam but really he's like nope I've screwed that I'm over this shit I'm taking the the bad you know the the evil demon 
eye thing or with demon ball and sticking in his eye socket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to embrace the world thinks I'm an asshole. All right. I'm going to embrace that. And I'm going to be a super villain. I think that was in, cause didn't you kind of think that maybe he was going to be after the staff at first? I did at least. No, I thought he was going after the ball just because he was intent. He was looking at it intensely. I, I also, I don't think he really, he might not even known that power came from the staff. Yeah. He just knew that, you know, he was looking at that ball. It was talking to him. It was whispering, you know, the powers to him. He knew that the powers came from that. He he might not have known that the staff had any power attached to it. So right. I don't, at that moment, you know. I think it's also funny because Shazam, the wizard, not the superhero, is has this whole first you need to test to you need to prove yourself worthy he tells the young savannah uh and then later on he's like time is up i don't have time for this shit you're getting the power kid <laughs> he like totally forgoes yeah. with protocol so he's, you're like well wait, wait is he worthy is he not worthy what, what's the deal it's like so, he has to he has to prove himself to be worthy which i think is more interesting than being told you're you're cool go ahead you're all right yeah exactly uh, so i liked all that and as we were, it was kind of tiptoeing around it through the, through the tulips in the garden. Um, <laughs> that I didn't know that he was going to have basically seven like demon spirit monster things living in his eye that he could summon that were like part of his the source of his power that represented the seven deadly sins. That's so cool. Yeah, I had no idea any of that because none of that was in the marketing whatsoever. It's just like oh, dude with a, a glowy eye. Okay, cool, whatever. It was um, mainly. Shazam just training, and that was the trailer. Right, because they, that, they're selling you on, like you said, the concept of, hey, be a kid and a superhero? What? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so I liked that whole device with the villain and his powers and those monsters, which were all kind of scary. That's what I was alluding to. Like, when he shows up at his father's boardroom, and his brother's like, you screwed up, you're an asshole, dad doesn't like you, that kind of thing. And he's yeah. like, all right, and he throws his brother out of the window. from the. Yeah. And like, I kind of knew that was oh, happening. Yeah. But the way they edited it, like I was, I was still kind of taken aback. I knew he was going to be killed, but I didn't know it was going to be like that. Right, and that, so that was sudden. the shock value of it. We're so sudden, like yeah. it was just like, oh, let's let's. And you kind of just like see him fly out the window and then fall. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then he unleashes the monsters on the boardroom, and they're like attacking everyone in very PG thirteen ways, where like you see the all, head going to mouth very, and, and it cuts away. Also, very beautifully, or I guess. But artistically done right. very well, um, with saying. with uh, how the the bodies are hitting the glass and they're all like, Hello. yeah, uh, that was the walking haunting. the Walking Dead does like well the Walking Dead is gory, but it, there's 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 times to do it where it's gory, but there's also it's also a whole other thing to do it where it's artistic and it's also shows things you know exactly what's happening and I thought that was a really cool moment right. of them hitting the glass like that and then just being separated it from felt it. like it felt like a little five minute horror movie in the middle of a superhero movie that's what I mean by saying the director's horror roots were really coming out in full force it felt like um that scene in Spider-Man 2 where Doc Ock is on the operating table mm-hmm. and like, he's like out but the limbs are doing their thing and they're like attacking people, throwing them and it's like silhouetted and it goes for the chains, like the, all that stuff, yeah. which was basically Sam Raimi being like, hey, remember I made all those Evil Dead movies? Yeah. <laughs> I still got that kind of thing in me. Yeah. Uh, and so this was David, S., uh, David F. Sandberg really kind of exercising 
his horror chops a little bit. That was his uh, movie villain moment. Yeah, I know. That there's, was, there's, a, so there's a moment, so and, uh, and a lot of times... Um, there's a moment where uh, movie villains like, "Hey, I'm 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 the bad guy. Let me prove to you that I'm the bad guy." And a lot and a lot of times in movies, it 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 can come off terribly. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's like, okay, we you know you shot that person, you know, and they were saying no, please begging, and then you shot them, and then okay, you're the bad guy. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it comes off terribly because it's like that's it's nothing creative. But, but this way, I thought it was really cool. And he's not as charismatic as like a Joker. And I thought my jokes were bad. Or like Loki being like, "Is not this simpler? Do you not crave subjugation?" That whole thing. Yeah. Like he doesn't have that level of charisma. But his powers were really visually interesting, and the, and they established that personal story with him and his father, and like from the op- literally the opening scene of the movie. So I thought that that felt really earned when that moment happens, even if it was horrific at the same time. Also, I wanted to uh, bring up, uh, before I forget, that I really liked the big reference in the middle of the movie when they were running, there's a whole sequence in the mall, and he steps on the like giant keyboard. Oh. That felt like a very obvious, like, hey, we know, we saw big. This is kind of our ding, 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 that kind of yeah. nod to that. That was beautiful. Um, and you were mentioning the... Uh, the villain like monologuing and that kind of like the villain like moments and that was one of the best instances I think of this movie sort of poking fun at the superhero tropes where they're flying in the sky and he's like oh I'm gonna destroy you and then Shazam's like he's like you're like a mile away like I can't hear anything (laughs) you're saying and he just continues his like continues his little speech and Shazam's just like all right whatever yeah that was great there were a lot of fun moments like that kind of uh, cutting things, you know, cutting, uh, subverting expectations, basically. Let's because see, uh, it's true, he doesn't have super hearing. Right. He's, not, not, he's <laughs> not super. He's not Superman. So it's like, how would he be able to hear this person? That's what so I mean. Like away? it brings it's you. It's like there's cars, there's trains. It brings it brings you into the, the world of a movie where there's all these crazy things happening. But then they're like, this part we're going to be realistic about. And then they go back to shooting lightning out of their hands and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And I and I think it makes it really fun. Like you toy with the audience. Like you never know which way the movie's going to go. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I liked the fact that uh, you know the batarang was kind of a part of a critical moment there. And like you see it come out of nowhere and it hits him in the in the back and you're like, oh my god, did Batman show up for some reason? Like is, is Ben Affleck gonna pop out in the in a second? It's like a secret cameo. And now it's the kids and it <laughs> threw his little battery. Actually, actually it's actually a good spot. He got him yeah. in, in the head. Yeah, oh, he actually, was the head, that's right, not the back. Yeah. But that was a good spot. The, the that throw was perfect. It was. It was <laughs> it's like he did some practice with it. <laughs> Probably. I mean, if you had a batarang when you. Oh yeah, I'd throw it. I'd throw it, throw at it a tree trunk. Or some people that <laughs> Near, I don't nearby like. animals. No, I hope not. Uh, local <laughs> neighborhood children. Oh. Um, uh, what else did I want to point out? Uh, the boardroom thing I loved. Of course, I already said that. Um, the thing with the mom and the fact that he finally finds his mom, and she's like, yeah. I knew you were there. I ditched you, dude. Yeah. Like, I was 17. I was scared. That was... I I mean, this movie's really funny, and you spend most of the time laughing throughout it, but I, like, literally got, like, teared up a couple times, and that was one of the scenes. Yeah, and his performance was incredible, too, because you could see the distraught and, uh, and... and the deflatedness in that character in that moment when she didn't even know what that 
compass thing was. She's like, I don't know. Yeah, it meant so much to him. Yeah, it meant so much to him all those years that he's been, you know, wishing and wanting that she'd be around and wondering why she wasn't around or come to look for him. And it turns out she doesn't even remember their last moment together. Right, right. A lot of of really... Really strong twists in this movie, like plot-wise. Like no twists. There's no twists like, uh, you know, a super another superhero showing up. I mean, spoilers. Uh, we were in the spoiler section, but there is a Superman kind of cameo at the end, but not really because you don't even see his face. Um, so that doesn't even, kind of doesn't even really count to me. Um, but there's a lot of twists that that don't betray the the um, sanctity is the wrong word, but they don't betray this storyline. You know, it would have been easy for them to do a cop out and be like, oh, we're in the middle of a battle. And I was part of me was like, oh, are they going to do any like, you know, Henry Cavill shows up or anything like that. But then that would have felt like they felt felt cheap. It would have felt like a cheat. Like you're trying to create Shazam. It's a a Shazam movie. You shouldn't have help from. Especially in the first one. Establish this guy first. From other superheroes. You should only have help from himself and Shazam. Oh, well, other superheroes. We'll get there in a (laughs) second. Um but uh, but yeah, it, it, it you know, I think it's no there's no mistake that the all the movies we now named as our favorites, we mentioned Wonder Woman, we mentioned Aquaman, we mentioned Shazam, we mentioned Man of Steel, all solo, almost completely standalone superhero movies. We didn't mention BVS, we didn't mention Suicide Squad, we didn't mention Justice League, which yeah. are ostensibly the three crappy ones. Yeah. So I guess this is the seventh one. I said sixth earlier, but yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad that they didn't like. Like, take the an easy way out there, and they and they made it feel t- true to this movie. Rather than the Justice League showing up, he embraces his new family and literally gives all of his foster brothers and sisters powers, where they're all but they all become their own Shazam mm-hmm. person. What did you think about that? That was probably one of the biggest. Like, what this is happening now? And uh, people so, like clapped and like freaked out when that happened. So did so they had permanently have that power though? I I don't know. I don't think so. I that's the other thing that I was was unclear. I think that they do have that power. I don't. But that's I think not how it Shazam. is. But then Shazam's not as well. The power wasn't taken away. Though. I don't know how I feel. He yeah. broke the staff. I don't know how. I so feel they all about have that. all. They all have. They're all Shazam. I guess. That's what it seems like. I and feel like that did, was they, unclear. Like I was almost waiting for somebody to for the for the wizard to show back up and be like, "That's cool that you well, guys the, had that." The weather. He's dis- the one I picked. What the hell? Well, the wizard disintegrated. So I, know, I know. I know. I know. A spirit or a voice. I don't know. I because I, I kind of like. I think that was a, a fun third act twist, and I like that that happened. Yeah. But I don't want that to stay the norm because then Shazam's not special anymore. Like there's nothing. Like are think, they, uh, he think, doesn't need the justice league at all. The, I think the 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 point. Is that he's he's not the only Shazam. Like I they're guess. all Shazam. I guess. Like, well, it's his origin story, but it's also their all of their origin. I stories. guess and we'll have to see. I'm sure I have to. Once the movie comes out, I'll have to read uh, interviews with the director and see if he clarifies that. A I wonder. I wonder if all the Shazams bit. are different, um, like uh, different Shazams across comic books. That'd be interesting. Maybe maybe. Like, did the Shazam grow? Like, did, did Billy Batson grow up in a foster home with, with all those characters? I don't know. Yeah, I don't see. That's the thing. I don't know. I know those, he. Was, I think he was a foster kid, but I don't know if yeah. these are specific characters or, or they just created their own. Yeah, they might be all like timelines of of the Shazam of yeah. into the Shazam. And they verse. added it. Yeah, they just added all the Shazam. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the Green Lantern. So it's not I, just one Green Lantern. There's there's several true. Green that's Lanterns. True. That's true. 
uh, there is. I can't wait for two. That that would be a good movie. Green Lantern. Yeah. Green, well, they're supposed to be Green Lantern Corps. Like it was supposed to be like what 2020, 2019, and then yeah. like, 2021 or something, and like nothing's happening yeah, with that. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, not gonna happen. But I that guess would be not. A good movie. I guess yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, I think we'll so. see. It was, it's, it's funny that you bring up Green Lantern because as we were leaving, did you hear that guy in the in the like? Yeah, the, he was like, he's like, oh, he just has a green light. What kind of power is that? He's got a green light. I tweeted about it as soon as I left. I was like, some dude who clearly like I put that quote, and I was like, some dude who clearly doesn't understand Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't just have a green light, dude. He can make anything. Um, also, I wanted to be sure that I mentioned the. The whole thing, the Santa gag that kept running throughout with this, the mall Santa that's terrorized by the guy, the dude. Yeah. And then later at the carnival and later, the, like, he's on TV. Like, these things with the fucking energy, dude. Like, that was so great. Oh, yeah. my God. There was, the, the, like, the more I'm talking about this movie, the more I'm like, yeah, I think this is this definitely my I think favorite. They, if they make an, they, well, they are going to make another Shazam movie. I, I think. don't think it's been confirmed, but, I mean, I would I assume think, so. I think with how well this movie is. Well, I we haven't seen how it performs, but at this well, recording. But, but I yeah, think, but I it's know, gonna be if a, a movie, is, if a superhero movie is good, I know that people are already going to want to see it, but if a super movie is is good, then I I think it's going to get the the money for it. Right, people are going to want to see him. I'm definitely going to see another time because my girlfriend has this. Well, yeah, yeah, and you're probably going to see another time too. Probably, yeah, probably. So, so they got they got they got our tickets even though we saw it exactly. (laughs) No, and I think I mean it, it, it feels like like all of all the seven DC movies. This one feels the most accessible. Like, it feels like I could show this movie to pretty much anyone and they'd be like, oh, I like this movie. I don't normally like superhero movies, but this one's really fun. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It, 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 it hits, it's what the people in the industry, I guess, call fun. the four quadrants. It's like yeah. men, women, you know, adults, children, all of that. Like, it's it, it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just based on our screening, like, people were really into it kind of the entire way through. Um, so I, I feel like this... This is a good sign for the future of the DCEU. With this and Aquaman, it does feel like they're very much getting their act together. I'm a little worried that the next one they have coming out is that random Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, why are you do why are you doing this? Like, I mean, maybe it'll be a fun like random here and there, but it's it, they're, you know, there it feels like they're still in that transitional period, but they're coming out of it maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, their past two movies were good. Yeah, yeah. So, but they know, I don't know if they have their grand vision like like you know, like the other yeah. people have and the other across the street. Yeah, um, but um, I think, but the point I was making before is, uh, well, not the not a point, but but uh, I I think that if if they make another Shazam movie, which I think that they, they likely will, will yeah, well, yeah. we got to get that Black I Adam hope, Adam hope, movie with the Rock. Yeah, I hope that um, they they have uh, the Santa. The Santa Claus. Oh, how that guy coming back! Yeah, I hope I hope he's back. And then you had the the Shazam, Darla Shazam, being like, uh, uh, "Oh my God, it's really you!" She's like, oh, "My name is Darla, and I've been really good." Like, yeah, been that really was cute because she's like a seven year old. Yeah, about, exactly. Oh, so the great. youngest of them. So very so. very fun movie. I, I liked it a lot. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Um, not to compare, but you know, we whenever you talk about comic book movies, you have a tendency to do that. What do you prefer? Shazam or Captain Marvel? Because um, I'm like a little mixed on it. Because I, I get they're different. They're different. Very different. They're really right. They, I get different. Like I think this is much funnier. Yeah. But I also don't think Captain Marvel was really trying to be funny that often. No, they weren't. It. I feel like I get more it, like the I, only I feel points getting, that it was it was funny was was like because she's 
When she blows up the jukebox. Yeah, because she's like, she's in a, she's she's in in a world that she doesn't know what's going on. So she thinks everything's a threat, or she doesn't know if it's a scroll, or right, or blah blah blah. But um, and and the whole thing with the was it the flurkin or something the like that? The flurkin thing. Yeah. That you know the the things with the cat. He's like, oh, this is a cat, and then it eats They're a person like, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Well, yeah. That's I'm sure everyone. Right. I'm At sure everyone point, has seen it's that. Been out a while. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I. I so, but yeah, this one had more one. consistent comedy. Shazam. Right. Yeah. But I get more. I get a different kind of. Like this had a lot of heart to it, and so I was feeling like for Billy and his situation with the family and his mom and all that. But I. I got feel different feels from uh, from Captain Marvel. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I of the context and like the female empowerment and all that stuff, which I really loved in that movie. I don't know. I'd say that I think I like them around the same, but for completely different reasons. I might like Shazam a little bit more. Yeah, yeah it's, just it has more pure entertainment just, value. I think just because, yeah, just because it's it's very different, right? Than what you would normally expect in a superhero movie, right? Just because of him being a, a, a child that's been thrown into the superhero game. Um, Unexpectedly, I think that that whole element gives the edge on Captain Marvel, but only by a little. And it's it's hard to it's hard to scale both of them uh, to each other um, because it's they're different kinds mm-hmm. of superhero movies. Yeah. So, is there any other spoiler thing you wanted to mention about Shazam? Like any random things? And before you're like, ah, oh, I have to bite my tongue. Then now you can get it off your chest. Um, the Santa thing was the best, one of the best running yeah, jokes. Yeah. Uh, they talked about the DC connections with all the Warner, all the like literally they're in a toy store and there's all the Batman and toys and everything around it. I thought that was fun. Oh, oh my god! And he picks up the giant Batman thing and he's like, "Batman, get him!" Yeah, it was all it was all DC mem- uh, toys and yeah. There. Well, I mean, if superheroes were oh, real in real like, life, that makes sense. What did he say? The Batman toy said yeah. something before. He, he was like, "Oh, Batman!" He was like, "I'm Batman" or something like yeah, that. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if they got uh, Kevin Conway. Con- to, oh, Kevin Conway, that'd be, to, that'd be a cool. The, to do the voice for the, the I'm Batman. I'm sure thing. they have that on file somewhere. Yeah, they, they probably just to, like, pulled it up. Call him or up. Or maybe like, they, hey, can you be, do Batman's voice? He's like, I've fucking been doing that for 25 years. Yeah, yeah that's um, true. Um, well, that might have been just the toy. <laughs> I think the Superman cameo at the end was so underwhelming that I'm like, I almost kind of wish it wasn't even there. The Superman quote cameo or well, cut off at the neck I think it was it's it, fine it had a but point I, though it I had know, a point but to, uh, it's like, to show like do an Andrew Shazam movie with a hey Superman's still there too I'm like I don't care I like the, the, it was probably just, never gonna get a man it was just a way of him trying Cowell. to make it up to Freddy for not I know I guess. going to so but that was another thing but then though. show his face or don't have him there is my kind of thing you know a big a big thing also was the conflict between uh, Freddy and, and Billy and how um, he felt that Billy oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. acting. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the, Billy was um, being was, a bully. Was being a bully because he was being. Um, he had all these powers and everything, and the super abilities go, go to his head a little bit too much. Right, and um, and uh, it ruined their relationship. And so he cast him aside and and did the suit, which I also like that uh, the the suitcase wedgie, which I also like that yeah, that, um, was funny. that he that he did that to the bullies later. 
uh, Freddy when he became a Shazam. Yep. Did you Did you notice? That? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like what is a suitcase, Reggie? Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. all good stuff. Yeah. So I, I liked it a lot. Not yeah. a lot. Of, not a lot of complaints. I think. I think it's. I, the I mean, worm thing at the end was weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Bring that up. What the fuck was that? What I'm, was that? What was that about? I haven't done to, research I'm yet. About to bring the seven rooms I thought it, together. I have to find out. That's got a, a, that. I when it, I got to find out what that's about. Uh, I was thinking that you know we see him there. I'm thinking Black Adam's going to show up or Jesse Eisenberg, who I didn't. I forgot to mention when we were talking about BVS earlier. I really like his Lex Luthor. I know I'm in the minority, but I thought he's like <laughs> Martha, Martha, Martha. I thought that was all really fun, and so I'm kind of wanting him to come back yeah. in a Justice League sequel or something. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe he was going to show and be like, oh, would you like to be part of our league or something? Yeah. That sounded like the Joker voice, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's exactly. kind of a borderline. I go with the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got to look into that. And then the little joke at the end, kind of poking fun at Aquaman, I thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, I almost expected Jason Momoa to show and be like, hey, bro, that's not cool or something. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, great movie. Check it out. If you listen to this, you, we already ruined it all for you, but go see Shazam. Anything else? I concur. And. And uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I think so. Yeah. I think if this. I don't know if this is going to hit a billion dollars, but I maybe it will. It might. I don't know. DC's gotten there. They're like on an upswing now. So yeah. I just I love the character development, uh, the characters more than anything else. Yeah. Same. Well, I thought I said earlier, like the yeah. first half hour, I'm like, ah, I don't care if they between, disappear. These guys are between fun. Between Darla and that the Chinese kid that was screaming. Eugene. At, yeah. Yeah, that was screaming. Hadouken! Um, he, he was, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's the last time I've been laughing I shouldn't say Chinese, I should say Asian, because I don't even know his, his right. ethnicity. <laughs> no, I think that's Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2. Uh, Street Fighter No, no, I called, like, him, I, I called him a Chinese guy. Yeah, yeah, no, know, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. Know, I'm saying your Dragon Ball Z reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, and uh, how they introduced him was him just screaming at a video game. And uh, and how he he was saying how he picked up how to hack into federal databases that or was something yeah, by oh, that playing was these video games and he picked it up or whatever. Uh, just the just the character development with and the the chemistry between the actors and the characters was incredible. So that was that was one of my favorite things of the whole movie. Yeah, it was actually I felt it was more about that. And Billy's story, um, more than it was about the superhero. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you do the work and and you and you create memorable characters that we care about, and you know you you ground their stories in something real and tangible. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll buy a wizard who gives a kid random powers from a staff and it's like a the, little dimensional door that takes you into there where there's seven. Sin it's like the Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy we'll, movie. We'll roll with a lot of weird, crazy shit if you make us care about if it. You create that foundation, right? And this movie did that yeah. better than like I said before with yeah. DC. They they need to create a foundation before they start going into you know heavy character multi plot stories, right? You know, but that's one thing that they did right with Guardians of the Galaxy is that. Yeah, it's it's in space and it's all over the place and right. it's introducing a lot of elements that you wouldn't normally see on screen. Talking tree, talking ra- raccoon, you know all this stuff. But um, 
but you get that backstory from oh, about Peter Quill at least. It's just really uh, a kind of an underdeveloped man child who's sad because his mom died when he was a kid and he's never really dealt with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then yeah, you have that backstory and you just build from the character from there and you can accept everything else. So, so I think that's something they got right with this as well. I agree. Yeah, 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 for sure. So hopefully whatever the DCEU movies do going forward, that jo- that Joker movie notwithstanding, we can count Zachary <laughs> Levi as part of that like now st- stable cast uh, ensemble where with Jason Moa and Gal Gadot, and then just they just got to figure out their Batman and Superman shit. Yeah, I think they picked a perfect actor for for Shazam. Yeah. Because he's a perfect uh, balance between, like, he has an incredible personality, he has great, like, expressions, but, and, and that uh, childlike, um, he adds, like, that childlike innocence to the mm-hmm. character, but he's also, like, big and strong, and you wouldn't expect that from, yeah, you wouldn't expect that so much from, right. so it's just, that's also really funny to see, uh, like, a big, like, guy acting like a child yeah so that's another that's another comedic element to this yep so good good closing thoughts yeah <laughs> so go see shazam uh i think yeah like freddie said it, it's definitely gonna be a big crowd pleaser so we'll see what happens after so. opening weekend and uh that's it thanks for listening to the crooked table podcast shazam and we out If you're interested in joining me on the show to chat about one of your favorite films, head on over to crookedtable.com slash guest. Or you can consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash crookedtable. Of course, you can always find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at crookedtable.com. Until next time, this has been the Crooked Table Podcast, and I've been Rob. This has been a production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. (laughs) Z-R-O-O-K-E-D. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>